Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Just over a week ago, it was Paris, and then Mali, and the tragic circumstances there, as the terrorists attacked and murdered indiscriminately. And now Brussels, which is the home of the headquarters of NATO and the European Parliament, is locked down as uh, Belgian police and military are on the highest alert state possible. Subways aren't running, shopping centers are closed. It's a frightening time. Later on in the program, we're going to be joined by uh, the former commanding officer of uh, JTF2, Canada's National Counterterrorism Force, Special Forces Unit. Colonel Steve Day is going to be with us. He was with us last weekend, but Colonel Day is going to be with us because I sent him an email and I said, how do we get ahead of this? How does, how does the world get ahead of the terrorism curve? And he's going to address that. Also, how do special forces act and react? What are they doing when they lock down a city? What's the role of special forces? Canada's JTF2 are ranked, according to a number of military people I've talked to, in the top four in the world as far as competence is concerned, and uh, their ability to do the kind of work that they do. We'll also uh, be hearing from Brad Wall, the Premier of Saskatchewan. I interviewed the Premier yesterday. I'll play it back for you. He's been criticized and praised, criticized by some, praised by others, for sending a letter to the Prime Minister saying, essentially, suspend the the rapidity with which you're bringing Syrian refugees into Canada, 25,000 before the end of the year. I mean, they don't even have proper accommodation for everyone yet. So we'll talk about that. You'll hear the Premier, and he also criticized the Prime Minister for pulling the CFA teams out of the coalition bombing, international coalition bombing, ISIS. You'll hear the Premier on that. And we'll include your phone calls. We're going to begin, though, with this story. You've heard, no doubt, that the international hacktivist group Anonymous declared war on ISIS. And according to reports I read yesterday, has disabled 20,000 ISIS Twitter accounts and has the capacity to interrupt ISIS online communication, including terror plot planning. I read this in in an article in which Dr. Herbert S. Lynn, senior research scholar for cyber policy and security at Stanford University Center for International Security and Cooperation, was interviewed. And Dr. Lynn joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Dr. Lynn, thank you very much for the time. And, and how do you describe Anonymous? What what are they exactly? Hi. Um, thanks for having me here. Uh, Anonymous is more of an idea than anything else. Um, it's uh, it's uh, a loosely affiliated group of people uh, that uh, have uh, similar political goals and have some hacking skills. Uh, and they don't work in any kind of a centralized way, uh, but they, if they share a bunch of goals, if they share a particular goal uh, together, they, there's an informal coalition among them uh, that, that gets together and, and thinks about how they can use their online skills, uh, their, their hacking skills and, and the like, to uh, advance their goals. 
So, Dr. Lin, when ISIS, or at least Anonymous, declares war on ISIS, specifically, what does that mean, and, and, and has ISIS displayed any concern about this? Well, the uh, anonymous, uh, what it means is that they have decided that uh, ISIS is a force in, in the world that uh, needs to be fought. I certainly don't disagree with that. I agree that it's a, you know, that it's a, uh, an entity uh, who, that needs to be opposed uh, as well, uh, and that they're going to use their online uh, hacking skills uh, in the best ways they know how to uh, do as much damage to ISIS as they can. So when we talk about the damage they can do, uh, I, I read today, as I said in the introduction, that they've been able to close down some 20,000 ISIS Twitter accounts, and they had also declared that they were going after ISIS after the Charlie Hebdo attack earlier this year in Paris. What other things are they capable of doing to to ISIS? Are they able to to interfere with their um, ability to, to plan terrorist attacks? Does Anonymous have the have the skill sets to do that? Well, one can, I, I don't know in particular. I would be, uh, because I can, I can imagine certain ways in which they could uh, interfere with that, uh, I would certainly think that it's possible for them. Let me give you an example. Okay? Uh, if they are able to identify uh, an email account uh, belonging to a, uh, an ISIS member uh, who would like to stay secret and, and covert, uh, if they can identify that uh, email account, uh, and if they're able to get this uh, person to visit a, uh, a a particular website of their choosing, or to open up an uh, an email attachment of their choosing, and, and and so on, or any one of those those kinds of things, uh, they have the, the the act of doing so could infect their computer, uh, the ISIS person's uh, computer, with some malware that would enable them, that is the uh, anonymous uh, hacker, uh, to monitor their communications and, in fact, even to, to get remote access to that uh, um, ISIS member's uh, computer. Um, now, if, I, you know, if, if I'm an anonymous person, you know, a member, and I have access to uh, the computer of an ISIS member, I can do all, all sorts of things in that person's name. And nobody would be the wiser, at least until this uh, user um, figured out what was going on. And this could be the first of a series of dominoes dropping. If they get malware into one ISIS member's computer, they can maybe extend it into a series of, uh, of computers and, and then just grow a network of their own, I would imagine. That's correct. Uh, the, the, the technique that, uh, that you're describing is a technique that's often used in, you know, by bad guys hacking good guy, uh, you know, corporate networks or military networks or government networks or, or, or something like that. So the technique that you just described is well known. Uh, you, uh, in, the, in the interview that I read in which you were, uh, you were asked questions by the Stanford newspaper, you said that Anonymous um, can disrupt ISIS overall uh, operations, and they can hack into ISIS bank accounts. How does that work? Well, for example, let's say I had this remote access into uh, an ISIS member's uh, uh, computer. Let's say that ISIS member was a treasurer in uh, in, in, in ISIS, okay? had man had control of the money. Um, maybe I could do something on the on the bank account there. That, that's not a that's not a hard thing to do once you have the intelligence information. Once you know about what the accounts, you know what the account numbers are and the passwords and all that sort of stuff. 
because I can, I can basically pretend to be this um, ISIS guy uh, who's manipulating money. So in that way, I can do something to the bank accounts. So, Dr. Lin, that would be similar to when we hear about banks being hacked or government offices being hacked or supermarket chains being hacked. Same principle? Same, basically the same principle. That's, that, that, that's right. I, I think that uh, if you are going to hack a bank, uh, in a way that uh, didn't require. I mean, there are other ways of hacking banks other than coming in through uh, through the internet, and, and, and uh, uh, other than uh, pretending that you're an authorized user. I mean, there there are other ways which I, I shouldn't talk about here, um, but there are certainly other ways of doing that. I, I, what I just gave you was one example of how it could be done. How do governments? international governments view anonymous in a situation like this? I mean, there's, there's been anger, frustration, and threats of legal action, uh, criminal law being put into place, uh, charges being laid against anonymous when they've, uh, they've violated laws. But how would they, do you expect governments will react when anonymous goes after ISIS? Well, I can only, uh, you know, I'm an American, so I only know American law well. Uh, but ISIS, if, there, if you were an American and you were part of Anonymous and you did something to, to ISIS, technically you would be probably uh, in violation of something known in the U.S. as the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. I'm sure that Canada has its own uh, analogous law. What uh, this act prohibits is unauthorized access uh, to somebody else's computer account, essentially. Um, and, uh, and that would technically be an illegal thing that you were doing. Now, in order for somebody, in, in order for this person to get into legal trouble, some prosecutor would have to indict him or her, right? So there has to be an indictment brought. And, and, and uh, so a prosecutor would have to come in and say, I don't like you doing this. You, this shouldn't be, you shouldn't be doing this. This is against the law. And, and I have a very, very hard time imagining that any prosecutor would actually want to do that. Yeah, wouldn't be much incentive for prosecutors to prosecute uh, anonymous for going after ISIS. I, I, I think, as a practical matter, I think that's right. Although technically, it almost certainly is a violation of law. Doctor Lin, what fascinates or interests you most about this scenario? I mean, I can ask you questions as the as the person who has just a peripheral idea or knowledge of what may be going on. But you're the expert. What fascinates you or interests you most about this whole notion of anonymous going after ISIS? I think that it's the the fact that uh, you have a non uh, I, sorry um, anonymous is clearly a non governmental group. Uh, whatever else it is, it's not government. Uh, and the interesting question here is: uh, to what extent can a non government group have a significant effect on an actor like ISIS, a, a terrorist actor? Um, that's a very interesting question, and I think that the, the jury is out on that. There was also a response. I was on uh, on Twitter earlier today, and there was a, I think it was a newspaper story. Um, and there was a response from ISIS, or a directive from ISIS to its members about anonymous going after them and uh, instructing them how to be careful so as to not compromise ISIS or compromise themselves. Um, by reacting to anything that they could be from anonymous, so clearly they're aware and they're taking, trying to take some uh, some countermeasures. How capable is ISIS? We hear about their their cyber uh, arm, and and we know that they have uh, apparently very effective social media presence. How, how capable are they in uh, in in the cyber world? 
Well, I mean, the basic basic hacking skills are available to just about anybody. Uh, and, and the advice that uh, ISIS gave its members about how to be careful is the same kind of advice that corporations and governments give their employees and workers uh, about being careful. The, the, the techniques for defending yourself against these things, um, against cyber, uh, various cyber attacks, at least at the first level, you know, sort of the basic level, are, are totally common to everybody. So I would imagine that they have some common sense in cyberspace. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a very interesting development, uh, sort of a sidebar development, but it's caught a lot of people's imagination and attention. Dr. Lin, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. Okay, thanks very much. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Dr. Herbert uh, Lin, Senior Research Scholar for Cyber Policy and Security at Stanford University Center for International Security and Cooperation. It's the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network, so Anonymous has uh, declared war on ISIS. And I, I can't pretend to know much about Anonymous. I can't pretend to know a great deal about cyber warfare or even fundamental cybersecurity. I mean, the, the one piece of advice I was given was don't be overly curious. In other words, don't open anything that you don't know you can identify. And I try to follow that particular guideline. But I would imagine there are people listening to the program who have a greater sense than I do, and maybe uh, some of the rest of us. So if you have a, if there's somebody listening who has an understanding of how anonymous works and how anonymous might work or may work in order to negatively impact on ISIS, tell, share with us how that might be. It's one triple eight two two five eight two two five is my number. One triple eight two two five eighty two fifty five. If you know, if you have an idea, an understanding of how Anonymous operates, what do you think that they will do to try to disrupt ISIS? What do you think they will do to disrupt ISIS? Do you think that Anonymous will help defeat ISIS? And is the way to attack ISIS through their social media accounts? one 225 8255 If you're a cyber-savvy person... Share some info with us at one triple eight two two five eight two five five. How will Anonymous attack ISIS? What do you expect? And uh, is the way to attack them through their social media accounts? Because we keep hearing how effective ISIS is on social media. It's the Roy Green Show. I want to hear from you. Share uh, share some information with us, if you will. We'll come right back. So I don't know if I should open this link that I just received. I'm not trying to be funny. Um, received a, a link that um, Anonymous says ISIS plans attacks against Paris and World on Sunday. It's from Barry. I, I'm not. I'm not suggesting Barry that you're not who you say you are, but I'm just making the point. You know, you open things. Uh, Bob sends an email to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. I wonder how successful Anonymous would be. Wouldn't they have to be able to understand and type the language that ISIS uses? ISIS uses English. Because I saw that, well, I guess they use other languages too, but the story I saw on Twitter today, early in the morning, was in English the instructions to their fellow ISIS members on how to uh, avoid, as much as possible, anonymous intrusions. But the, the other story is that anonymous, and I've seen this on a, on a number of accounts now, a number of news, news sites, that anonymous has closed 20,000 um Twitter accounts from ISIS members, 
and that they are trolling uh, other ISIS members on social media. You tell me what that means, because I don't really know. What it, well, I know what trolling means, but what does it mean in the context of trolling somebody on, on social media in, in, this, in the sense that Anonymous is doing after having declared war on ISIS? Uh, Steve is in Barrie, Ontario. Hey, Steve. How are you doing? Good, sir. How are you? Good. I find it very interesting that there's no one from Twitter themselves that has the same ability. I mean, it's their own system, and I know it's worldwide, and there's millions upon millions of accounts, but if a bunch of hackers that are loosely kind of together as a group, so to speak, can shut down, if that's indeed two twenty thousand accounts, why indeed Twitter can't do the same? It is a good question. Why hasn't Twitter shut them down? Twitter did, I think Twitter did threaten to shut down ISIS, a couple of months ago, and then in return received death threats for so doing there. I think the Twitter CEO, and I'm just going from memory here, Steve. Sure. But I think that the, uh, I think that the Twitter CEO received death threats after uh, saying that they would do that. But they also have the ability to generically communicate with encrypted um, social media and with, uh, with messaging... Mm-hmm. And so now the U.S. government, I understand that government agencies like maybe the FBI or the CIA have contacted um, um, com- companies like Apple and, and others to, to create the encrypted systems, encryption sure. systems, and, and ask them to provide them with ways of, of defeating the encryption that ISIS uses. But from again, from what I understand, these are things that I've heard and read and seen yeah. uh, on television, on, on cable news in the United States. The uh, the companies don't really know how to. They can't provide the information on how to defeat the encryption. They don't know how, even though they created it. They don't know how to how to uncreate it, as it were. Sure. Well, I'm sure with ISIS, with the amount of money that they're funding themselves with, the numerous oil fields that they have to generate cash for funding for weapons and everything, they can create their own internet service providers and create their own systems, and they don't need Twitter or anything else. They just have their own. Right. It, uh, it's, it's, a lot of it's beyond me as, as far as all of this is concerned. I mean, I'm sure. fairly active on social media, but when you, when you get past a certain level, and thank you, Steve, for the call, when you get past a certain level, it really becomes uh, expertise for somebody else's as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, it's a very interesting story. Very interesting story. When we come back, another interesting story. It's called Broken Heart Syndrome. How does it work? Doug Flutie's father died, and an hour later, his, his mother died. Broken Heart Syndrome is what's been um, talked about. We'll talk to uh, Dr. Elon Wittstein from Johns Hopkins University uh, School of Medicine. He's a cardiologist who studied that. He's with us next.